0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Sky Simplified podcast, exploring astronomy through a different perspective, one episode at a time. My name is Pranant Sharma, and I'm a high school junior, as well as an absolute lover of everything astronomy. With me today, I have Megan Masterson, a graduate student in astrophysics, currently working on her PhD at MIT. And today's episode is all about exploring astronomy through the eyes of a student in the field. If this is your first time here, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate us. The best thing that you can do for this podcast is to share it around, so please let your family, friends, postman, neighbors, grocer, plumber, teacher, professor, anyone who you talk to know about this podcast. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, it is time to begin. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Let's get started on today's topic exploring astronomy through the eyes of an astronomy student. Megan, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Let's take a minute and please share with the listeners your journey as a student in astronomy.
1: Hey, brunette. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, like you said, I'm an astrophysics PhD student at MIT in my first year. Um, but a bit about my journey to get here I was always one of those kids who changed their answer to the what do you want to be when you grow up question every few months. Um, even in high school, when I was applying for college, I still didn't know what I wanted to study. Um, I did my undergrad at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. And while I was there, I did a lot of exploring. I took different classes. I did different research. Basically, I was just feeling out different fields to see what was the best fit for me. Um, in my first year, I kind of just let my classes take me wherever they took me. And that wound up being into math and physics. Um, astronomy actually came a bit later on during my undergrad when I decided that I wanted uh, to do an astronomy minor, thought that would be a fun thing to do. Um, but once I started taking courses in the astro department at CASE, I, I didn't want to stop, um, and what was supposed to be a minor soon became a major and now a career path. Um, so I graduated from CASE Western in 2019, and from there I went on to the University of Cambridge in the UK for a one-year master's in astrophysics before starting at MIT. And I think that just about sums it all up.
0: That's awesome, um, and I find it really cool that you know you didn't really know from the outset that you were 100% going to go into astronomy you just kind of fell upon it because it was so cool and so awesome so yeah, um, exactly. listeners, if you're exactly. out there you know you never know where life will take you don't cement your position early okay. exactly so to discuss you know this topic a bit further i've created a series of more questions about your journey through astrophysics because you know I feel like one of the best ways someone can get a glimpse of what it would be like to be an astrophysicist is actually talk to somebody who's becoming an astrophysicist right now um so let's begin um so my first question like I know people my age and I'm sure there are people your age who are in other topics and they think that astronomy is like this unbreachable barrier that like only nerds can fully understand so like in your opinion like how true is the statement is astronomy more approachable than people believe and if so how
1: yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, I definitely don't. I don't think the statement is that true. Um, I think astronomy is is definitely more approachable than people think, right? And I think this idea that science is super hard and only certain people can understand science is is uh, is not a not a true assumption. Science is really for everybody, um, and I think that it's important that people know that. Um, one of the things that I love about astronomy is that. There are just so many ways to be involved and at so many different levels. Um, So you don't just have to do astronomy by um, being a professional astrophysicist. You can go to observing nights. You can just enjoy the night sky. You can participate in citizen science projects that literally everybody is qualified uh, to participate in citizen science projects. And you can study astrophysics in college and beyond. So really there's a way for everyone to engage in astronomy to whatever degree and extent they want to.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. You know, like astronomy, honestly, is something it's probably, in my opinion, the most approachable science because it's there wherever you go, right? You, you, you like, you're never going to go anywhere where you're not going to see the sky unless you're indoors. And like, as long as you can see the sky, you can study astronomy, even if you're just, you know, as you mentioned, looking at the sky, you're studying astronomy. So I feel like exactly. that's, that's an important thing to reinforce.
1: Yeah. And it's one of the, the world's oldest sciences too. Exactly, I think yeah. it's really cool.
0: Yeah. So in addition to astronomy and astrophysics, which field do you think played the most instrumental role in your education? Or like, which was the most effective at kind of complementing your education in astronomy?
1: Oh, yes. There, is, uh, there are so many. As um, uh, so I think, I think during my undergrad days, I took a, a fair amount of math. Um, and that's helpful just in kind of giving you a good base um, to work from when it comes to understanding the physics and the astrophysical processes that we try to model in our research. Um, and so math, physics, astro, they're all kind of interrelated and they depend on one another um, so that you can have a full understanding of things. Um, I'd say one of the other areas that I wish I had maybe more of an ex- more of a background in or experience with um, that I hope to build upon in grad school is um, is computer data science. Um, whether you're an observer analyzing telescope data or a theorist running large simulations, a lot of astronomy research these days is done computationally. Um, so I learned how to code in undergrad, um, and I picked up a lot of technical skills through research projects. Um, but really, computing is a fundamental piece of astronomy research. Yeah,
0: that's, oh uh, yeah, um, I think I completely agree. I feel like with the power of computing increasing, one of the most powerful things that you can do with it is that you can actually model, um, things that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to. Um, you know, I was, I was looking at old pictures of like when they discovered the first pulsar and like, it's literally handwritten lines on a graph. And, you know, I just think about how far we've come from there. Um, I can believe I feel like data science is definitely an integral aspect, um, especially computational as well. So, um, throughout your education in astronomy, is there like, any one thing that you learned that like absolutely blew your mind, and like what made it so incredible?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, just in the past few years, there've been so many things that I can think of. Um, I guess recently there've been kind of two discoveries that come to mind. Um, I remember watching both the press conferences for the LIGO gravitational wave discovery um, and the Event Horizon Telescope and their image of the black hole in M eighty seven. I think. Both of those happened when I was an undergrad. Um, and it was really exciting to see this, this, these technological feats. Um, and it's still to this day, it boggles my mind how we can detect these ripples in space time that are gravitational waves that are so minuscule and tiny. Um, it really takes, takes a huge team of people to be able to do that and really, really um, forward thinking. And the same goes for the Event Horizon Telescope. Um, yeah, uh, I guess in class, another thing that boggled um, my mind when I first learned about it was the idea of dark, dark matter. Um, when you tell scientists that, or when scientists kind of figure out that their best model for the universe in- incorporates a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know what it is. Um, so basically that the idea that uh, all the matter that we see in the universe and can understand is accounts for basically the, the minority of the amount of stuff in the universe. It's, uh, it's a really weird concept, um, and it's a it kind of gets you really interested in science. You're like, hey, no, I, I want to know what that is. Um, so I'd say that that is another one of those things that kind of first drew me into astro and made me realize just how much more there is to know about the universe.
0: Exactly. Like, you know, there's, and even within dark matter, there are so many problems that we have yet to solve. Like, basically, the only thing that we know about it is that it interacts with gravity. And (laughs) that's about it. So, um, as you mentioned correctly, like, I feel like dark matter, you know, if any of you guys are out there thinking about, you know, thinking that maybe scientists have solved everything in astronomy, well, dark matter is a really good example of that's not the case. There are still... Research areas where we're trying to find out more about the universe. We're trying to find out more about the cosmos. We still don't know everything, so yeah, yeah that, that's it's awesome. like a,
1: it's a fundamental yeah. issue, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And touching upon what you said about LIGO, I completely agree. That's that. Like LIGO is also probably one of my favorite developments in the last few years, especially because um, you know if you think about it, Einstein predicted this over a hundred years ago. Without any of that technology, using just his brain and some math, and I find that absolutely mind blowing. That like you know, hundreds of years later, they're gonna actually prove what he predicted, and I think, I think like that's just absolutely awesome. It shows how cool Einstein was. So yeah,
1: yeah, and it took them, it took them many, many, many years. Exactly, um, exactly. Lots of technological feats to be able to get there.
0: Exactly. And um, listeners, if you want to learn more about these topics, there are two blog posts up about LIGO and dark matter. So make sure to go check this out. Okay, um, so what's like one topic that you've researched that kind of really excites you? And what topic in the future of astronomy, perhaps, that you want to research excites you? So kind of one that you've already done and one that you kind of want to do.
1: good question. Um, I guess they're kind of related and the same. Um, So if you couldn't tell from the last post, I I think black holes are really cool. and one of the things that I've worked on previously are these objects called active galactic nuclei, or AGN. Um, so basically, in pretty much every galaxy out there, there's a, a supermassive black hole that sits at the center of it. Um, and this black hole is something like a million or up to close to a trillion times the mass of our sun. Um, so it's huge, much larger than the black holes that we're talking about when, with LIGO. Um, which are like 10 to hundred times the mass of our sun. Um, So in a lot of galaxies, including our own, the black hole just, it's kind of just sitting there at the center of the galaxy, not doing much. It's affecting things gravitationally, um, but it's it's not bright or anything like that. Um, But in some galaxies, there's a lot of gas around the black hole. um, And this gas is actually can be sucked into the black hole by this extreme gravity. And this process of of gas falling into the black hole is called accretion. Um, And accretion releases a huge amount of energy. um, And basically that lights up the black hole. It makes it super bright in just about every wavelength of light. Um, And so um, basically what we're looking at and trying to study is is how this energy released from this accretion process um, affects the galaxy the surroundings like right around the black hole. Um, and even it can actually affect the surroundings just outside the galaxy too. Um, and so what I worked on during my master's um, was kind of the, the gas directly around the black hole, studying um, outflows from, from uh, the accretion region. Um, and I'm kind of now working on larger scale um, effects of this energy release. Um, So looking at how it's impacting the surroundings around um, the galaxy that the black hole sits in. But um, I guess one of the reasons that that these objects are so cool to me and why I wanna keep studying them um, is just because you can do so many things with them. Um, So like I mentioned, you can study this energy release. You can also study the process of accretion itself, how the gas actually falls onto the black hole um, and this like grows black hole, right? So black holes have to get this massive at some point. So um, uh, you can learn about black hole physics itself. You can test general relativity like they did with the event horizon telescope and they saw the first shadow of a black hole. Um, and you can do all sorts of other kinds of astrophysics too. If the, this, if the AGN is really far away, um, then it's, it's light can interact with matter that's between you and the AGN. Um, and you can see this signature imprinted on, like, the spectrum of the AGN. Um, so, yeah, AGN are some of the coolest objects out there. You can do so much science with them. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's what I've done before and what I hope to do in the future.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And I think it's one of the signature parts of astronomy and astrophysics that you can look at just one thing and get so much from it. Like, I remember the first time I learned how much information you can get just from the spectrum of an object, and I was mind blown. And, like, AGNs just take that to a whole different level, you know, with, as you mentioned, the amount of stuff that you can get just from looking at that one object. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so what's been kind of your favorite interaction with other science or, like, social science? Or, like, was there ever a dissertation or a paper with an interesting hybridization of astrophysics that you read that you found interesting?
1: That's a great question. Um, there's a lot of overlap, I think, with other fields in astronomy. Um, and yeah, I guess, like I mentioned before in my undergrad, I, I did a lot of different coursework and research, so I kind of got to feel out other subjects. Um, and so for example, um, I took a course on astrobiology, um, where we talked about life and how life came to be on earth and where there might be life elsewhere. Um, And the class was super interdisciplinary. So there were people from biology, people from astronomy, people from physics, engineering, um, sociology, I think we had a sociologist in that class. So it was a whole mix of people. Um, And you really got to experience everyone's different ideas. And I think that when we come together to learn from each other, right, we can forward this this super interdisciplinary field. We each have our niche, like kind of sub, subfields um and like when we consider other people's ideas we really can advance the field further so that class kind of gave me uh, insight into how interrelated um, these fields can be
0: yeah that's super cool um out of those fields was there like any one field um i know that i don't really want to specify that much but what would feel like kind of were you like, wow, I had no idea that that had anything to do with astronomy? Or like, I have no idea why these people are here because, you know.
1: I guess it's it's harder to make the ties to the social sciences, right? It's, <laughs> it's a little bit easier to say, oh, you know, chemistry makes sense because, you know, chemistry kind of, when you're talking about the spectrum and stuff like that and looking at Different uh, emission and absorption lines. That's kind of chemistry, so it's it's easier to tie that in. Um, but when you talk about the social sciences and humanities, um, I think that's one that people might think there's not necessarily a um, direct tie to. Um, but there kind of there kind of really really is because uh, what I think about is astronomy is that it's it's innate curiosity about the world. Um, and kind of just thinking about how people think about the cosmos and science um, is a really fascinating topic, right? And astronomy has been around for thousands of years. It's like I mentioned earlier; it's one of the oldest sciences. Um, and so there's a lot, there's a lot that can be unpacked in looking at it from from uh, a more humanities viewpoint.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I feel like a lot of that. Um, I think. I was able to explore as well when I recorded an episode discussing the overlap of ethics and astronomy. As you rightly mentioned, like humanities has really a much larger impact on astronomy than people really believe. So yeah. um, I think that's awesome.
1: Astronomy is about the deep questions in, in the world, exactly. right? So. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Like, where do we come from? Where are we going? You know, just I feel like it. it's almost like an innately philosophical field, even though it's in the sciences. So but that's yeah, awesome. I would agree. Um, so like, in what ways has your education as an astrophysicist kind of helped you in topics and experiences outside astronomy? So kind of like, in what ways has the skill set that you developed assisted you in non-astronomy contexts? And like, do you think thinking like an astronomer can help in other non-astronomy contexts?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I just mentioned, I think astronomy to me is about being curious about the world we live in. and so a big piece of an astronomy or a physics education is thinking critically about the world, um, and questioning things, right? That really is what being a scientist is about. It's about having questions, forming a hypothesis, doing a study. Um, and so this critical thinking isn't something that stops when you stop your coursework or you stop looking at the night sky, right? It kind of carries over. It's, it's a way of life of how we are. Um, So I think that's definitely carried over into into my life outside of astro. Um, And I would say the other thing is just that science is extremely collaborative. Um, So kind of like I mentioned in this astrobiology sense, um, we have to rely on people for their area, their different areas of expertise, right? Things have gotten really specialized. um, And and there's people out there that know so much about these topics that it's great to collaborate and to learn from people. Um, And so I think that that's another thing that doesn't just turn off when you stop talking about science, right? That is something that we carry over into our day-to-day lives.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like it just shows it's a testament to how ingrained this stuff is in what we do that, like, you may be doing it without even knowing it, so. Exactly. Um, So that's basically all of our questions for today, Um, but just to wrap it up, I was wondering, like, if there was any advice that you have for, you know, students who might be viewing astronomy as a prospective field, or students in astronomy who may be like, oh, I can't do this.
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. Um, there are certainly times when things can get tough. Um, school can be hard and things can get frustrating, um, or, you know, you're stuck on a research problem or something like that. Um, and one of the things that, Things that helps me when that happens is just to kind of remember why I started um, and why astronomy is so cool, um, and that's easy enough to say and hard to do. Um, and so one of the ways that I really like to 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 uh, to do this to remember why I started and um, is to do public outreach to go out and talk to the public. Um, so I know that's how we met yeah. public outreach at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. Um, but people love astronomy right they love to to talk to you about the night sky to we did solar observing um at the museum so we had a telescope and people could come and see the sun and you get Mm -hmm. to tell them fun facts about the sun and then you're like oh that's the sun and sometimes that's all you need to remind you that like what you do is really cool Mm -hmm. um and so while it can be frustrating like i would say stick with it it you know it takes time it's It's really rewarding, um, and it's really one of the coolest jobs there is out there, in my opinion.
0: I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on and guesting on this episode. It's been a great time talking to you. Thanks for
1: having me. Um,
0: I hope you listeners are a little bit more enlightened, because I know I sure am. Thank you so much for coming on again, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions, make sure to drop them off at skysimplified.com. Until next time, clear skies. The Sky Simplified podcast is created, hosted, produced, and edited by Purnette Sharma. The music is by Purnette Sharma. Thank you for listening, and as always, clear skies.